0: Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. They're incredible sheets. They're incredible bed sheets. that were inspired by NASA. They use silver-infused fabrics and make temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature. And let me tell you a little something about myself. When I first moved to New York City, I essentially went to a corner bodega, bought a set of sheets that were made out of what felt like cardboard. And that's what I slept on for, like years. I thought I guess I thought I just wasn't even worth more. or like, I just didn't even know that comfort was possible. And then I started like actually realizing like, oh, I don't have to live like this and buying actual sheets that made sense. And truly, the temperature regulating property of these NASA inspired sheets by Miracle Made or like the apotheosis of adult, living like you can live with comfort with temperature regulating. The funny thing is, I thought temperature regulating was just like something you had to just deal with your whole life. There was no sheet that could help you with that. Your body just went through wild temperatures and that just, you know, sucked and you had to just deal with it. But you don't have to deal with it because you can get miracle made sheets. They're self-cooling for better sleep. They're also, this one's really fun and it's actually really important for my husband, they're self-cleaning because they're infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial Growth, leaving them cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. And because of that, it's designed for your skin. So it stops the bacteria, so it doesn't clog your pores and it doesn't cause as much, you know, breakouts and acne, which is a big problem for my husband. Since we started using Miracle Made, my husband has just had way less of the breakouts and the clogged pores. And like I said, they're just like luxurious um, they're designed for a person who's graduating from the cardboard sheets of their youth <laughs> graduate from those you guys so go to try miracle.com fake the nation again that's Try try miracle dot com slash fake the nation and at the checkout use the promo code fake the nation and you'll get three free towels And you'll save an extra 20%. And Miracle's so confident in their product that it's backed with a 30-day Money back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you're going to get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three piece towel set and save 40% off. Again, that's slash fake the nation to treat yourself. And thanks so much to Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode. And thanks so much to Miracle Made for regulating my body temperature at night uh, with the sheets. I really love them.
1: Fake the Nation, episode 225.
0: Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we turn ourselves into knots, take gigantic swigs of ashwagandha and aggressively snuggle with the dog in an attempt to let democracy take the minute it needs to get fucking tabulated. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and in the past three hours, I've eaten all of the carbs. Today, we're going to talk about the pile of uncertainty that is the American elections, and I don't even know what we'll say. And finally, Uh, Well, we'll talk about a list, our personal list of feel-good movies, um, because we really deserve to feel good. Uh, Today, I'm joined by such a fantastic panel. Folks, I can't even, I can't even with this panel. We have, for the very first time on the show, president of Community Change. the co-host of System Check. He is, by all accounts, a delightful human being. It is Dorian Warren. Hey, Dorian.
2: Hi, Nagine. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and honor to be here.
0: And we also have with us, for the very first time on the show, but not for the first time with me, uh, we've worked together many a time. She is the host of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. You can go to paulapoundstone.com and see a, uh, get a bunch of like free entertainment situations. Um, she's so funny. You've heard her on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me over uh, low these many years. Uh, you've heard her with me on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, unless you specifically boycott episodes that I'm on. Uh, and uh, and oh my God. She's She's just, I've seen her just kill on stage. She's just so funny, folks. It's Paula Poundstone.
1: Hey, Nagin, thanks so much for having me. I need the healing, <laughs> frankly. I need the healing.
0: <laughs> let's see what we can do. I mean, okay, so let's get into it with topic number one. Now, um, I don't even know how to start talking about this. It's so totally uncertain as we go into taping today. It's Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. So forgive us for whatever we say that is inaccurate or... Um, Whatever feelings we have that are uh, crazy pants, I have only crazy pants feelings, um, but also which 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 include the entire spectrum. There's also good feelings. Um, so I just wanna- I don't have any good feelings. Okay, <laughs> I just want to clear that up. That's fine for you. But
1: I write it right. There's an inaccuracy right there, and I don't I don't give a shit what day it is. I don't have any good feelings. Uh-
0: Okay. It's just so, been too much. There's too many lies. I'm sick too many. of being it's lied to. Too many things. All right. So here's here's. Let's just quickly. Uh, where are we at, Dorian? Like where are we at right now? 30 p.m. on a Wednesday um, of November fifth.
2: So again, two things. One is I'm actually confident and optimistic. The will of the people has been is very clear. We have chosen new leaders. Will demand that every vote is counted, and we will swear in a government by of by and for the people. There's no question about that. There are still several states where the counts are happening. And, you know, there's two strategies here. Our voters, progressive voters, turned out in record numbers. The one strategy of Trump and the Republican Party is to suppress the vote. They tried to do that by law before the election. He is doing that now and stoking uncertainty and trying to delegitimize the election because he knows he's losing. It's actually from a position of weakness that he's operating. And so what you hear is contradictory things from the Trump campaign. Oh, we want to recount in Wisconsin because we think we're losing, but stop counting the votes in Pennsylvania. We're going to go to court, and because we're worried about those votes, so right. this is in some ways people have been hearkening back to the year two thousand for those of us old enough to remember staying up all night. Then this is a replay. And let me remind you, just to scare you a little bit, then I'll move back to optimism. The three, the three Supreme <laughs> Court, you. the three Supreme Court justices that President Trump appointed. Each, all three of them, were involved in the two thousand right. Florida debacle. Let's yeah. be super clear: for the Republicans to steal that election, that was stolen election. Sure. So people are ready. People are fired up to fight to make sure that every vote counts because we are confident that we have won this election.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. So Dorian, I the, just the want to say thing is, one thing: he's please. out of his mind.
1: He began what he was saying with, "I'm optimistic." Where'd you get this
2: guy? <laughs> I'm I almost
1: interrupted right when you said I'm optimistic. I'm like, this guy's fucked. What was he <laughs> talking? I mean,
0: Paula, you know what's really funny is I am currently—I don't know if you can see it—I'm wearing the official Fake the Nation t- merch. It, it, it oh, says nice. we're only doing optimism, um, and uh, and so Dorian is of my ilk. Uh, we didn't know, but we are brother and sister in optimistic <laughs> out- uh, outlooks. Um, that said, you know what I think is funny though, Dorian, is that I, even though we knew that he was going, that there was going to be, he told us the whole playbook. He He didn't hide it. He didn't
2: hide it anywhere. We knew this was coming.
0: We yeah. knew that, also, we knew that it could take a minute. Why? Yes. We're in a pandemic. Why? We're yes. getting historic mail-in ballots. We knew, and yet, Paula, why do I still feel so miserable even though I knew? I'm optimistic, yet miserable, and I think both of those things can coexist. Uh, Paula, tell me where you're at and how you're feeling right now. Okay.
1: Well, I I think that Dorian is right, and I think it should just all boil down, and I don't know if we can do this with the Constitution, But just do whatever Dorian says. Uh, (laughs) You're too (laughs) kind, Paula. Is that too? Is that too out there? I don't think so. No, I
0: think that's about right. He seems reasonable.
1: Um, (laughs) No, I think Dorian's right. I think you know, if all the votes get counted, yes, yes, uh, Biden will win. But here's the part that had me just like eventually. My, I just felt like my spirit was pouring out of my body and over the edge of my Adirondack chair in my living room uh, while I was watching last <laughs> night is how, uh-huh. A, I w- had much more optimism going in and, and that's been slapped out of me now, but going in for the senatorial races mm-hmm. and B, um, a lot of people voted for this guy. Yeah. And I, I mean, no matter how you slice it, I, I really, you know, I can't yeah bl- you know, James Carvel. On one of the podcasts that I really am comforted by, the um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like War Room something. But it's Al Hunt and James Carville, and it's really fun to listen to. Um, but James Carville kept saying, you know, we're gonna live, we're gonna win in a landslide. It's gonna be a landslide. He said it over and over again. Then, of course, I look at my email one night, right after listening to him, and there's one of those "give us money" emails, and it was written by, supposedly, by James Carville. <laughs> So it says, you know, it says James Carville on the name thing. And then in the subject line, it goes, we're screwed. So, uh, y- y- you know, they, they they do this thing where you take they take it for this ride. But I had really anticipated a bigger margin. Um, I, I still think he'll win, but I had anticipated a bigger margin. And I think I just feel like, uh, y- you know, America, I don't know you.
0: I thought uh-huh. I did.
2: <laughs> oh, I know America. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. We're Paula. gonna
0: we're gonna talk about America in just a second, but I also want to point out that in 2018, at probably around this time, the day after, we also we thought we had some sort of a I don't exactly remember, so I'm talking to Adam a dick here, but like we thought we had some sort of a lead right in the house. Um, but the extent of our majority in the house wasn't clear. It wasn't clear for days. Am I remembering this correctly? Mm -hmm. So there's a thing that we still have to understand, which is that vote tabulations don't happen simultaneously. They just don't. And I don't, it's funny because I think in the 1800s, we probably knew. I even think in the the early part of the 1900s, we probably knew there was a fucking guy on a horse that ran around telling us things. So it took time time. And then f- now we can't Fake horse, fake horse. That's what they it. used to yell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: fake, fake horse, fake horse. That's not true. What he said wasn't true. <laughs>
0: yeah, No, you're right. I don't mind waiting. So I waiting. think we just need to wait. We just I don't have a, don't have a problem wait. with waiting. And I also, would, Georgia would, might even have runoff elections, you know, for the Senate. We just, we need to wait. Dorian, tell us what you know about America. <laughs>
2: well, you know, listen. I, I'm, a, I'm a black. I'm a black guy from Southside Chicago, and here's what I know about America as a black person. None of this is surprising. So when I woke up in 2016, the day after the election, I wasn't surprised. I'm not surprised now. And a lot of us thought that it would be this messy, right? Now, Paula, you're right. You didn't think it would be so close in the Electoral College that was set up to protect slaveholding interest. The popular yeah, vote is a different right. story. It's going to be 3 right. to 7 million advantage of votes for Biden Harris and much more than remember Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Remember Al yes. Gore won the popular vote. This is going to be the largest margin. So I'm not I'm not surprised because there are echoes of voter suppression that take me back to reconstruction, to the end of reconstruction, to the rise of Jim Crow in the South when black people first had a chance to vote. And what is fundamental always about this country is a fight over who belongs and and who doesn't, and -hmm. therefore who has a voice. voice. And if Black votes in particular were not threatening to the current system and to this administration, there would not be an effort to cancel Black votes. As we speak in Pennsylvania Mm. and Wisconsin and Michigan— And that's why black voters showed up and voted overwhelmingly, right, for for Biden-Harris, because we understand the historical context of this country and how hard, right? We didn't become a true democracy until 1965 with the Voting Mm -hmm. Rights Act. That's the first time we became an actual democracy. It's It's actually a very young democracy we have here in terms of including all of the people, all of the people. So I am not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm angry. (laughs) I'm filled with rage. But I'm also optimistic because- we actually have momentum, and victories aren't only on election cycles. Wins aren't only in election cycles. Now, yes, everything was at stake on the ballot. The future of mm-hmm. our planet, which is on fucking fire,
1: well, that's the is other on problem. the ballot. But also, right?
2: like, let me just say, white supremacy was on the, vi- was on the ballot, and patriarchy yeah. was on the ballot. And yes, a whole bunch of white folks, a majority of white folks voted for that. And that yeah. is disappointing to me.
0: It's extremely disappointing. And I just want to say what else was on the ballot that maybe just if I wanted to put myself in the shoes of a Trump voter and and and, and humanize them for a moment, I agree with you that those things are that are on the ballot. And I and and I and I would th- say that it's reasonable to look at that as a black and white. If you are voting in, in, in favor of someone who is a, who's a white supremacist, I. I reject. I reject your ideology, but I think the thing they're not necessary. I don't think they're necessarily voting on that. I think there are some things that people are voting on that we don't necessarily feel in blue state America, which is abortion. Now, if there's a single issue that I'm going to vote on in an election for me. It's 100% not abortion. It's like a very big issue for me. I'm a woman. I'd like to be able to have control of my own body, obviously. However, that's not my single issue. I think we underestimate the extent to which that is a single issue, especially for evangelical voters, especially when the Trump administration targeted Latino evangelical votes in the way that they did. That's something that they can always win on because that thing terrifies those voters, and it is something that they've, now look, to me, like if I'm a rational evangelical voter, I would say abortion, children in cages, right? And right, I would say, right. well, I think children in cages washes out the but. Mm-hmm. But that's, look, but the, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know how they feel. I don't know what it's like to live in that in the, in the that body. So I, I think we're underestimating abortion. And then I think the other thing we're underestimating, I was talking to a friend of mine who's from Colorado. She grew up in a rural area. She knows a lot of these voters. In fact, she's deeply, deeply connected to them, though she lives in New York City now. Um, and, And and is very much a liberal voter. But she's but one thing that they the myth of the Democratic Party in a lot of those circles is that they're coming for my property. They're coming for my guns and they're coming for my property and they're turning us into Venezuela. Like that, if I think that perception has been really heavily promoted in a way that we don't understand because we know as Democratic voters, that it's ridiculous. No one is coming for my property. You know what I
1: mean? Like wow. no
0: matter who's in office, they're not coming for my property and this isn't, we're not turning into Venezuela. And I think those are two things that we're not necessarily like like able to fully feel because we're not in those circles.
1: Uh, yeah, all right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that I I have thought for a long time, and I wouldn't say it out loud because I was waiting to be on Fake the Nation. Um, but <laughs> I, I, a lot of the problem is religion. Uh, mm. And I, I, you know, I, I, am I, I, I grew up uh, raised in the Methodist Church. Uh, I was even a bit of a Bible thumper, um, you know, certainly through my freshman year in high school, uh, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, but I, I've I've been a proud atheist for many, many years now. The idea of God, I, I, I never want to take away from someone else what they believe. But here's the problem: the idea of God makes no sense. And people <laughs> tend to, I mean, I love a lot of the tenants. I love a lot of the tenants that come from right. religion. I think they're great. Sure. The problem, and I live by some of them where I try to, but the problem is that people, um, you know, they mix and match. They, uh, you, know, uh, you know, this day thou shalt not kill and the next day, uh, maybe thou shall a little bit kill. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it And the whole—I saw a tweet last night that actually said God wants Trump to be president. And I just think, you know, okay, the whole God's will thing is like a get-out-of-jail mm. car, you know, like a free get-out. It seemed, and the God's will thing seems to blur the lines of personal responsibility at the very best. And at the worst— It kind of fucks with one's daily agenda, I would think. Because do you say to yourself, I'm going to get up at six in the morning? Or do you say, I'm going to see if it's God's will, I'll get up, you know, kids, we're going to have breakfast, but I'm waiting for the, you know, what the guy with the big beard says. I just, I feel like people do this thing where, you know, it's what God wants as if God's actually whispering in their ear and it, and it screws us up.
0: Um, I, I mean, I definitely... Look, I I think what's interesting is I you know, I don't know where you are Dorian on religion, but I'm a Shit, uh, is that a white collar I see on you
2: in <laughs> Oh my <laughs> that's god, that's definitely I feel not I'm like in any <laughs> of my I am so of the clergy. It's what you didn't
0: know about me. Uh, no, I am so no I'm, I'm like intended. a secular muz, right? Like I Um, And for me to hear an atheist be like, God doesn't make sense. Doesn't offend me. I don't care. That's cool. Whatever you're thinking is cool. One of my best friends was an evangelical Christian. Now she's maybe, I don't know if she still considers herself evangelical, but very strongly Christian. And it's cool. Like we disagree on abortion. She doesn't vote on abortion though. Right. So like, it's like, I know, I know Christians who are just, who, who aren't, you know, thinking and voting in the way that you might, you know, that your description. Of, of the of the sort of God it, that might be nonsensical to you, you know what I mean. So I don't want to put might everyone be. in a bucket, like whatever. Do think all of your things. That's cool. I think one thing I I, I do think that abortion thing is is tough because the Democratic Party is pro-choice, and that's important. Um, I think the other stuff is where we can still win this. Dip, you know the 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 the. I still think we can win the ideological race. Um, um, because the other stuff is maybe more just reasonable. Uh, Dorian, what do you think when it comes to America?
2: There's so many different faith traditions in this country. but So I was raised Christian, and the Jesus Christ that I understood and knew and learned about was a pretty radical political organizer and philosopher.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. True, right? true. So yeah. there's,
2: there's partly an interpretation battle, but, but even let's just take the abortion, right? For people that care about life, a whole bunch of folks went— to the polls and voted for a president who not only was impeached two months ago by the House of Representatives, but who has presided over 250,000 deaths of Americans with a shrug. So either you're yeah. pro-life or you're not. So get the fuck out of here with this pro-life shit, because you're not pro-life, right? You're not pro-life. hundred. This, oh, is, this is mass death by public policy. And it's uh, uh, too many Americans decided to abandon their so-called Christian values or religious values to accept some kind of death over the unseen, <laughs> right? And so, like, is re- like, and I have to believe many people who voted for Trump have gotten sick in the middle of a pandemic or have lost family members. And I guess the question is, what planet are they living on where hating somebody else is worth your own death? Mm. That's absurd to me. There is no religion that can explain that. The fact that you hate people that don't look like you, and so you're going to vote for someone who will lead you to political suicide—that is baffling to me.
0: Yeah, it really. I mean, I one of my one of my best friends is Indian, and his mom, and you know, and he's also gay, and his mom is Indian, and came here as a, you know, escaped a, you know, a, a patriarchal situation that was dangerous for her and the kid. You know, came to this country, found um, a good life, uh, the American dream, etc., and his vote and and voted for Trump i i it's and she's a a wonderful woman you know and i don't know and i've known her for so many years like i've grown up with this woman and she's a wonderful woman and she's indian and 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 not someone you know it's it's like the the mere look of her as an immigrant is what's maybe fearful for some people and and it's um it's baffling i mean i think She would say that he's a businessman and all that stuff. I mean, obviously, his tax returns and everything have disproven all of those arguments. Exactly. Right. I mean, Uh, that's
1: been disproven so, so time and time again. I I mean, remember when Reagan did the, um, are you better off, you know, than you were four uh, four years ago, whatever? Yeah. I feel like that sort of the ghost of that gets, you know, keeps sort of uh, hovering over us. Hmm. And and I would say in response to his question, uh, uh, define better off, hmm. uh, y- you know, because I also feel like we are suffering from a pandemic that had gone undiagnosed uh, prior to the one that we sure. have. So I think we have more mm-hmm. than one pandemic. And, 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 and the first one that we're really ailing from is the pandemic of, of greed and denial. And in this case, it is a comorbidity with, uh, you know, like, because of, I think people think to themselves, like when you go to a casino, you see all these people in uh, windbreakers and and kind of trucker hats <laughs> uh-huh. that won't leave the, you, you know, that won't get it's away able. from the machines, right? They're, yeah. you know, they're there. And it's one of the, you know, it's one of the first things that came back, of course, was, oh, we got to be able to gamble. And these are not—they don't look to the naked eye, anyways, like rich people. Uh, it looks like people who probably worked hard for you know every regular people, buck yeah, putting into that machine. But this idea that I might get rich is so powerful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that people want to see—they see, see Trump and they go, "Okay, yeah. I might be able to to do what he did." Well, it reminds me of when uh, Radiohead gave away their music. And said, just donate, you know, yeah. just not donate. They said, just pay you what, I, pay what you think it's worth. And I heard some guy on like a business show say that somebody, some musician had asked him how he could do that same model. And the, and the, and the guy said, well, first of all, you have to be Radiohead. head. So, uh, so here, uh, poor people who want to be rich is why you won't be able to do what Donald Trump did because Here's how he the story has rich. to begin. Your father has to give you a quadrillion dollars. That's yeah. how you have to start <laughs> out, right? So if that didn't happen, then you're not going to do what Donald Trump did. He
0: cheated and lied, and, and also and- Donald Trump didn't do what Donald Trump claims he did, right? Well, precisely. Like he was a failure. So you're, so it's 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 all smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Dorian, I would like to kind of give our listeners. Uh, look, we don't know what's... Don't you start
1: talking about that optimism again. That's uh, what's fucking
0: us up. I guess, what should we do now? Like, what should we do now?
2: We should be demanding that every vote counts. This is where we are right now in this moment as we are talking to each other. We have to demand that all the votes are counted. And that does come from optimism because I do know that we have won this election, that the people have spoken, and in a democracy, the will of the people is supposed to rule. So we have to make sure the vote is counted. We also have to be prepared to maybe <laughs> go outside and show up to a protest or a rally when Trump and his henchmen start their shenanigans. In a they, loving and nonviolent
0: way, In a way,
2: loving yes. and nonviolent way, of course, um, whether it's like a candlelight vigil, whatever, whatever, but be ready to take action. Because the thing about democracy is it's not just once every two or four years where you show up in the voting booths and you go home. That Mm -hmm. no. So we have to be prepared to act and stay engaged. And by the way, when Biden and Harris are sworn in in January, we also have to be prepared to act.
1: Yeah, we also yeah. have it to be prepared. Yeah. It does not
2: end. We have to push them, too. And it's we were looking at probably a divided Congress, by the way. So the Senate will probably stay in Republican hands. The House will stay in Democratic hands. It's going to be hard to govern because you're going to have Mitch McConnell, Moscow Mitch, who's going to be still up there blocking everything that the next administration wants to do. So it's going to require us to stay. Oh, I want to hear it. <laughs> it's going to require us to stay active. So join an organization if you're not a member in your local community. You can join join many national organizations on whatever whatever it takes to stay engaged and make sure you are keeping up to date with what's happening and why you might have to actually step outside your home with a mask of course to say to lift our voices collectively to say the will of the people is the is the is the final sentence is the final it's the punctuation mark here on this election
0: uh your mitch McConnell idea yeah here it is uh, okay. i think that if um if we can talk to the the
1: maintenance person at the Senate.
0: And, <laughs> I
1: already love this plan. Already.
2: You got me already. <laughs> and am there.
1: You know, have you ever noticed Mitch McConnell is kind of tallow? There's <laughs> yeah. something about him that's a bit waxen. So if we can talk to the maintenance person at the Senate and have them turn the heat up just a little bit, I don't. I'm not talking about torture. A lot of people work there, but I believe that in the course of wait, do you ma- you
0: believe he's like an escapee from
1: Madame Tussauds? Exactly. I believe that he will. I believe that he will melt.
0: And uh, oh, I love that yeah. idea. Listen, can I end this segment with something just super fucking cheesy? Yeah. All right, I, I, a friend of me, for, a friend of mine, a friend of me, forwarded a, a thing from Courtney Martin on a Substack. I'm not a Substack person; I don't know how how all of that works. But anyway. I don't know what it is. What? Yeah. I know it's like a thing. It's like a blogish type right, situation, right. right? Okay, something like that. Um, and she she runs us, I guess, a Substack called the Examined Family. And she wrote a like a prayer, and I'm just going to read you, for you guys a few lines from this prayer. And as we close up this segment here, she. wrote wrote, may I keep my attention on what is real, the laugh lines growing deeper around my eyes, my pencil, my children, the texts from my friends with outcast tracks and dinner plans, my exhaustion, my mug of coffee. May I honor the power and slowness of generational work. This is for my grandmother. This is for my mother. This will not shift in an election cycle or even a century. It's not on time, but it's in time. And I think that really goes back to, um, to Dorian's point about This is a young democracy. We had it wrong for so many years. It took us how many years to fucking fix that shit? So um, it might take some more years. But either way, we're always a work in progress. Even if you move into a brand new house and everything is perfect and new, after a few years, the hinges need to be replaced. And so... We just need to remember, we always need to be on the lookout for the fucking hinges. Mm. Um, or the Democrats and, trying to take that house. <laughs> 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 fucking, fucking, that's how a metaphor gets stolen, folks. Um, and so, yeah, that's the cheesy thing I wanted to, to share. This uh, This prayer online made me cry. So if you want to mm. go look at it and cry. If you want to go look at it and cry, go for it. Um, okay, so I'm, we're going to... I'm just, just... going to watch
1: Brian's yes, song Paula. again, but thanks.
0: Have you, have you... <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to hear about our sponsors, and then when we come back, we'll talk about other things. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Ugh. Folks, I mean, first of all, it's a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel unwanted subscriptions and it monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills. But that's headline news, okay? What it has done for me, it has reminded me of the absolute ridiculous world of things that I have subscribed to. And why have I subscribed to them? Why have I wasted my money in such a way? And thank God that Rocket Money has come around to show me that, hey, Nagin, you don't need a subscription to an obscure Brazilian film archive, do you? One of the things that I found for me once that was really upsetting was that I was paying for a subscription twice. It was an educational app. And you think an educational app isn't going to do you that way, but you know what? It might, it also lowered a bill for me. lowered my cable bill. Yes, I still pay for cable. Don't worry about it. And then the other great thing is when you are trying to get rid of these subscriptions, you just do it with one tap. You don't have to like call customer service or whatever, all the other miserable things that you do when you're trying to get rid of a subscription. It just does it with one tap. That's, One of the actually best things about it, because I've had such a hard time in the past trying to unsubscribe from something myself. It lowers your bills for you by up to 20%. Five million users. It has helped save an average of $720 a year, which makes sense for me because that's about as much as that's about what I was saving. And with over $550 million in canceled subscriptions, that's what they've achieved. I mean, you've heard me talk about Rocket Money before. It has really improved my relationship with subscriptions. I'm going to just tell you that much. So stop wasting your money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation. Guys, cancel those unwanted subscriptions at rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation. Today's show is sponsored by Factor. You guys, I totally was a Factor person before they even sponsored this show. Because they're so delicious, and when you're constantly busy and just need a few nights of meals a week to just not have to cook, like, Factor's incredible. And then for me, here's the other incredible thing, is they have these delicious keto meals because I try not to eat carbs, and they have these wonderful keto meals. And me and my husband have just been rejoicing in factor meals. So here's their deal, they're ready to eat, they're fresh, they're never frozen, they're chef crafted, dietitian approved. They're also ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week. And like I said, I had like the keto stuff, but they also have Calorie Smart, they have Protein Plus. There's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Um, I had one of their little green juice shots that I really enjoyed. And oh my God, I just remember having this one meal. It was like grilled chicken situation with like a, I want to say like a creamed spinach situation. Oh, so delicious. I remember also having like a cauliflower mash situation. I mean, they really make the veggies taste delicious. This ain't your grandma's veggies. Mm -mm. They make them fun and delicious and not at all like, oh, I'm eating healthy. It's not like that. It's like, this is fun and delicious. There's no prep, no mess. Like I said, they're ready to heat and ready to eat. So you don't have to prep, you don't have to buy stuff, ingredients and da, da, da I mean, if also, if you're like me and you're just like not terribly confident in the kitchen, you're gonna love Factor. All right, so here is what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com. All right, head to factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 and use the code FAKETHENATION50 to get 50% off. That's code FAKETHENATION50 at factormeals.com slash FAKETHENATION50 to get 50% off. It is such a good deal. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses ForgeFX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash Impact. And we are back, and we're ready for the next topic. And the final topic, things are crazy. We're in the middle of a world historic election inside of a global pandemic, and it is unpleasant. Uh, so I want to talk about feel-good movies that kind of make you turn your brain off. Um, and first, I just want to ask you both, what is your definition of a feel-good movie? Because we looked at a list of The Atlantic, and some of the movies for me seemed like crazy. Uh, so what what is, what categorizes a feel-good movie for you, Paula? I don't know how to articulate it, but
1: show up. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, uh let's see old yeller uh, <laughs> Brian's song i mentioned earlier so sophie's choice <laughs> yes exactly the musical um yeah uh no i am i'm, I'm uh, kidding I, I i uh well you know i'm i'm into this thing where i just can't stop watching wa- watching breaking bad over and over again oh. uh but uh if I my favorite film in the whole world is uh Mary Poppins.
0: Really? Um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I, what is what? it about Mary Poppins that make is it so it's something that you revisit frequently? Um, mentally.
1: Uh, Because in real life, I just can't stop watching Breaking Bad over and over again.
0: Don't ask um, who knocks. I am the one who knocks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because it's so so
1: uplifting. That's the thing. Um, (laughs) See, because then whenever you have a friend who gets cancer and they don't turn to manufacturing meth, you're so proud of them. Uh, so, so, there's a you know there's an uplifting place and if anybody can find optimism in anything it's the two of you uh, what do I love about Mary Poppins <laughs> I know we're such fucking fucks we can find optimism in anything uh, oh my god it's like it's like having tea with Shirley Temple right now um, <laughs> Shirley uh, two headed uh, Shirley Temple. Um, uh, uh, okay I like the colors I like the uh, I love the music I, I like I, I like the story. I like the magic. I like that technically, uh, you know, now they make some amazing movies using computer right. whatever it is that they do. I don't really understand it. But when you think about it, they didn't have that back then. And the stuff where they jump into the sidewalk pit, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, and, they just and, that bitch had to actually fit all those things in a bag and then pull them out. Impossibly, oh, yeah. I how did she get that lamp in there? I mean, right? And
1: I think that the uh, the this, the dancing on the rooftops, the um, uh,
0: step in time, step in time. I, I, I think that that uh, dance scene. Now let me let's talk about for just a quick moment the accent of one Dick Van Dyke. Never in bothered Mary me Pop. at all. I, I guess it I'm is not perhaps the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard out of yeah, someone's matter. Of. So you
1: you were tripped up by that and not by Mary Poppins having a tall lamp in her bag. Do you see what I'm saying? It <laughs> doesn't matter. It's a magical film. You don't stop and go. Well, the accident wasn't good. I know that some people do, but I just think it's it's
0: it's just beautiful in every way. Uh, wow. And you know what's really interesting years about years that, Paula? You. I I wouldn't. So it's what's interesting is that first of all, you put Mary Poppins and Breaking Bad in the same That's sentence. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, well done on those mental
1: gymnastics. Whereas Um, I would never watch Breaking Mary Poppins. I just wouldn't do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a sequel. I need to see Mary Poppins selling meth. Which has been decriminalized in Oregon. The nanny
1: work runs out and she starts manufacturing meth uh, with little Michael Banks. It's an ugly story.
0: Um, Can I, but seriously, I know I just, like, made myself remember this, but in a couple of things about the election that we didn't get to talk about, but Arizona, New Jersey, Montana, South Dakota all voted to legalize marijuana, Mm. which I thought was very interesting, especially out of South Dakota and Montana. So what's your favorite weed movie? Ooh, you know, I... I can't even say that I'm familiar with the with the entire oeuvre. I mean, is is Fast Times at Ridgemont High considered a weed movie? Let's count it, yeah. I mean, I would maybe give it to that. I don't see, I don't feel like you okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say something controversial, which is that I believe that um that um which is the which is the movie? Uh, knocked Up at, is a weed movie because of the the supporting characters were so stoned a lot, like very stoned.
2: I was thinking The Big Lebowski.
0: Oh yeah, that's uh, also. Oh yeah, of course. The dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Is that so? Is that one of your feel good movies? No, stories? you know,
2: um, it's like it's, on the day like today, I like feel good movies are movies where there's a winner. And there's like a David and Goliath uh, yes. and David Wynn. So, you know, I woke up this yeah. morning and Black Panther was on my mind.
0: Because <laughs> there's oh like. Oh, you know, this is awful. Yes. I
1: still haven't seen it.
2: Oh, you got to see it. Now you got to yeah, see I it. Think like, I well, now have now
0: it you got to see it. Now you have. There's a, there's a winner. There's, there's a, a winner. winner. Or, you know, frankly, oh,
2: I still like The Lion King. And. Um, the
0: new the new version? The new
2: one's all right. No. I still like the original one. Come no. on. The, I, yeah, I like, yeah, because in both of those movies, there is. For the, for, for the protagonist, there is a struggle, right? It's not just totally Hollywood and, like, fairy ish like, oh, people just roam through life and never have a problem. There's, like, a struggle. And it takes work for the winner at the end, right, in terms of Simba at the end, the Lion King, who becomes the king, right, after a struggle. Right, right, right. So I do, like, movies with a clear winner, usually a David beats Goliath. Um, You know, or even like, I'm a fan of James Bond because they're just kind of cheeky and he always like wins, but he he gets the shit beat out of him or hopefully one day she. Um, But there's like a winner. Right. And it's like,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: So anyway, you see the theme here. Of course, my one of my all time favorites uh, is coming to America with Eddie Murphy <gasps> oh, of course and Arsenio Hall in so oh my goodness if you're if you like New York uh, it's like a New York story it's just it's, it's so funny I think it's one of the most underrated movies of the last 30 years
0: although in the canon of comedic films. Yes. Wouldn't you say, Paula, coming to America is... I never saw uh, it. I can't, I can't <laughs> say. Oh my god, what has happened? She's only see, seen two things, Mary Poppins and, and Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. That's it. You know, I have
1: OCD, and so when I see, sometimes when I see something, especially because you don't have to go to the theater to see it, you just can watch it on a disc... Uh, the repetition becomes a bit of a problem for me. So, um, I, you know, for a long time when I would work, you know, work the road uh, uh, years ago, uh, uh, well, until a few months ago, come to think of it. Um, uh, I would uh, request in the hotel room a VCR and to, and I did it up until the time when the hotels would say we don't have one. <laughs> and, um, and by the way, they did It's not like they threw it away They did I said, I, And I would say to them, it's in the back No, behind the cleaning stuff, it's there uh, And they did have um, But I used to watch um, uh, The VHS of uh, Perry Mason's over and over uh, And over again I mean, uh. I can tell you, not just who did it I can tell you when Perry's going to inhale <laughs>
0: I've literally seen them thousands of times. Which is memorizing lines and inhalation points is one of the hallmarks of the feel-good genre. Um, Can I tell you guys my Ryan Coogler Black Panther story?
2: Please.
0: So, like, I I may have mentioned this on the show before. I don't know. So apologies if you've already heard this, guys. It's been four years. I've said a lot of things. Who knows what I've re-said. Um... I met Ryan Coogler. We had lunch once with a couple of mutual friends and um, we were at the TED conference and I had just given a TED talk. It doesn't matter. I just live a fabulous life. <laughs> and, um, and no, no. And so and I was at the, So we were in Vancouver and he was there for the conference. And so we're having this lunch and we're just like exchanging sort of, and it, and it was two musicians, our mutual friends were two musicians, and we're exchanging like war stories about stuff. And then uh, I had, had no idea who he was. He was just introduced to me as Ryan, like this was before Black. Panther, but it was after Creed, so I should have kind of known. But I was just introduced to him as Ryan. Like, this is Ryan. Hey. And then um, I was like, oh, um, what are you working on these days? And he goes, Black Panther. Um, and of course, this was big news even before the movie came out. Like, everybody was anticipating this movie. And I was like, oh, is it a period piece? <laughs> 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 and he was and he started um, so like good. he sort of like you know smiled because he realized like I didn't have any fucking idea and he was like ah oh, no it's a, it's like a Marvel movie he was so nice about it and he I was just like oh 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 okay right oh and then I was just like you know and then I was just embarrassed and weird so then we're like exchanging more stories about comedy or whatever and I'm still and and Paula I don't know you know obviously Paula is like a, a fucking giant in the field but I think and, and even though I've been a professional comedian for a while now I still feel like I'm in the trenches right everything still feels like you know because we still go to clubs and we'll still get paid ridiculously small amounts for some of the work we do as Part of the process of doing clubs, you'll get just paid dollars worth, right? And um, and I had just done a show where the payment was very strangely. $11. And it was a few days before this lunch, and, and and I was just telling him stuff about stand-up that he didn't he didn't know, like, you know, the ins and outs of the field. Uh, and I was just like, yeah, I just did a gig. I got paid $11, you know? And he was just like, oh. And he was so sad for me. And he was like, listen, <laughs> I, I I got lunch.
2: <laughs> I got this. I'm about to be a millionaire. I got it And it totally
0: <laughs> pays for And I was like, oh, no. I mean, look, yeah, it's like in a humiliating number, but, like, it's just part of the process. It's just like what happens, you know, it's okay. But I was like, but I will still also take a free lunch. Thank you. Um, So anyways, I I was, I thought it was so cute and cool, how cute and cool he was. Um, He's probably,
1: he probably internalized that story, you know, so that now he knows if he goes to lunch, he just, he just, he'll just tell, like, I just did a gig for $11 and then he gets a free lunch. (laughs)
0: Yeah, people like <laughs> really, right, right, right. It's paying it forward, except yeah, for extortioning just part of the process, it forward. Man, you do a
1: job for eleven dollars. It's just part of the process. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Um, well, I want to run by a couple of movies that were. The Atlantic had a list of feel good movies, and some of them I thought I was like, what? Like, here's one of them that I thought didn't make any sense to me. A movie called Bridge of Spies, a Spielberg movie from 2015. I was like, huh? I first mm-hmm. of all have really barely heard of this movie. <laughs> I never heard of this movie. Never heard of that movie. It's on an Atlantic list of feel-good movies. Uh, To be be fair, the writer said, you know, some of these movies aren't going to make sense to you, and there's one uh, that doesn't make sense. Um, One movie that truly I want to just say for everybody out there, the movie High Fidelity. It's Mm. a 2000 movie by Stephen Frears with John Cusack. And I mean, I sort of turned to John Cusack for a lot of those moments where I just need... I just need a familiar face and one that I had a crush on as a child. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I know what's going on guy. here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, oh, Jack Cusack, if you're out there listening to the show, I know you're a fan. Yeah, I don't know; he's not a fan. He's never heard of me. Um, but no, he, uh, d-
1: You know what? Y- he's he's been seeking you like a like a, like a Disney movie with a prince and a princess. He's been,
0: <laughs> and he wants to buy you lunch. Yeah,
1: he's been going house. Oh, he wants to give you a story you about an $11
0: fee that's going to move him. Um there was another movie that was on this feel good list which I want to say my husband, it's my Magic Mike XXL 2015 directed mm. by Gregory Jacobs. Now look, my husband um is you know, former football player um um but also an actor, so he's just like a in touch with his feelings, but also very athletic. Uh, and he, like, gleefully agreed to watch this movie with me, and I think that wins some sort of a husband award um, because the main feature of the movie... Did he enact any scenes for you? I mean, I can't talk about what uh-huh, happens uh-huh. in the privacy of our bedroom. Um, but, uh, no, but it's funny because the main feature of this movie is watching a lot of, like, crotch thrusting by hot men. Um, really? But it's... <laughs> Have you not yeah, seen Yeah, it's it a
1: male stripper movie. I haven't seen it. It's a male oh, stripper it? movie. I have not yeah. seen any
0: of these movies. Yeah. I, so it's
1: <laughs> no wonder I don't feel good. Yeah. I, need I to can't give you a list. I can't. I, I haven't seen the right, the right movies. I um yeah,
0: I um I, Is there do you watch like do you watch rom-coms? Like just straight up Sleepless in Seattle and um Never saw that. and and, and you've got Male. Never saw that. Anything with Meg Ryan? I've seen wasn't Meg Ryan
1: in um the Billy Crystal movie? Uh, yeah, yes. there it is. That, uh, that what's that one called? When Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met yeah. Sally. I there saw that. Sometimes and... uh sometimes late at night I'll watch Patton. <laughs> what? <laughs> what?
2: Wait, the comedian or the movie?
1: <laughs> yeah, the comedian no. or the <laughs> No, the, the movie. The
2: movie, as in general Patton.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: No
2: wonder you're not optimistic. Guys,
0: the I George, just want to say George Scott. Please, please right. don't look to Paula Poundstone for feel good recommendations. Yeah. She clearly doesn't know what she's talking about. Well, what I've been trying to do with a lot of these films is get the get the rights to them
1: so that I can make it into a Broadway musical the way they've done a lot of movies. Oh so yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to do Patton the Musical. And well, um, like
0: Dorian, who likes to have a clear hero in the movie that wins. Yeah. I like to have a hero in the movie and I want that hero to be love and I want mm. love to win, which oh, is why so I'm totally sweet. drunk. Aww. I know I'm oh, such my. a disgusting human That doesn't sound like Magic Mike to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, especially not the second Magic Mike, which is just like a meandering mess. There of, was like, more than
1: one
2: Magic Mike? I was just going to ask the Mike? same question. Wait, there was a sequel? Oh, my, oh, my There was
0: God. two Magic Mikeses or Ma- Mike-Eye, if you want to um, pluralize yeah. it that way. Uh, folks please tell Paula Poundstone what she should be watching because she's been watching all of the absolutely incorrect things. Um, but please, uh, but please do seek out, um, Dorian for some excellent, uh, (laughs) suggestions. Um, and okay. I want to end the show. Thanks so much for joining me on this, uh, very ridiculously uncertain and confusing and jittery day. Um, can you say briefly something for listeners here at the end that is um, gonna keep you going for however long this um tabulation lasts? Drink <laughs> smoke a j <day. laughs> We were both waiting for more in that the, sentence, uh, and then it was just a straight <laughs> up period drink. Yeah, yeah. T- um, it tequila so is my
2: drink of choice.
1: <laughs>
0: His messaging um, was
2: so good. You know, when and, and, and there's some new states as we talked about where uh, marijuana recreational marijuana is legal. Like, hey! do what you need to do. That's all in the category of self care. Take care of yourself first, and then we have to collectively take care of our democracy.
0: Yeah, I
1: love Those that. Those are not good self care <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Paula, so what, what is that? your good self care idea? The last the thing you need to do in the midst of all this stress is wake up in the morning and not know what you did the night before. That's I love that. Helpful. I love it. <laughs> uh, by the way, Cool Hand Luke, that's a feel good film.
0: Hey, um, people love that movie. Yeah, there it is. I,
1: I do love that movie. And they die in the end. It's so uplifting. Uh, oh, I <laughs> hope I didn't wreck it for anybody. Spoiler. Uh,
0: yeah. Um,
1: well, I'm a big advocate of drinking water and walking. Uh, I have to confess, uh, I don't really like water that much, and uh, I hate to walk, um, but I do both, partly because I have two big dogs. Uh, For God's sakes, say hello to one another. You know, when I'm walking that. on Say the street, hello to one there's a lot of foot traffic in Santa Monica right now because a lot of people have dogs and you're always jockeying for positions so that you can stay away from people, you know, six feet and so that your dogs don't go after each other because dogs feel insecure on leashes when they encounter one another and um, and so you're always sort of moving around, looking for a way to be so that you're not right up beside somebody. But that doesn't mean that you can't and we can't just smile at each other because we have masks on. So you have to go to the trouble of Say saying hello. Say hello. Hey, how you doing? How you? You know, how's it I working for you right now? It's so
0: important. So that's really beautiful. And um, I would love for the people of Fake Nation to be able to follow you and all the stuff you do. Dorian, where do they do that?
2: Uh, at Dorian Warren on Twitter.
0: Dorian Warren on Twitter, uh, and I'll definitely that's do an that. Optimistic obviously, site. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fake the Nation approved optimism feed. Um, Paula Poundstone, where do they follow you?
1: Well, you know, I do goofy Twitter. Just at... Add- Paula Paul Poundstone, but you, you know what? Go to my website. There, are, it is a, it is a comedy. Uh, it's a survival kit. Uh, a lot of. Uh, I started making a lot of videos when the pandemic first hit, just trying to get people through, and uh, you get the idea. My my podcast, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, is on there, and I have another mini podcast called uh, "The Weekly French Trump Press Conference," where I I am French <laughs> Trump. And the reason I am French is that I can't do a good Trump impression. And so I do him with a bogus French accent. But I I have uh, reporters that ask me questions uh, as French Trump. And uh, it's 10 or 12 minutes of, uh, of a lot of fun.
0: Uh, that sounds wonderful everyone should be looking and subscribing and uh, following Um, but what I uh, you guys know where to find me Um, on all of the things Um, and I have a bunch of pieces out that I've been tweeting so look at my Twitters if you want to see some of my work in Progressive Magazine or Far Magazine or um, I don't know I've written a a couple of other things I can't remember right now but I really want to thank the production team here at Fake the Nation that's our producer Anita Flores our talented audio engineer Andy Christens, Gabby Alter wrote her theme music, Lily Fleshler helps her with research, and we love to hear from you. As you know, send us your feedback, topic, topics we should be chatting about, guest ideas you might have. Leave us a voicemail at 331 901 0005, or drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com. If you like what you hear, uh, please favorite Fake the Nation on Stitcher, follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that really helps people find the show. Thank you, uh, everybody, and we'll be back in your earballs next week.